Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We've come a long way in actually quite a short space of time. And you can't rush these things. You've got to do it the right way. Hey, hey, how are you? Welcome back to Outside the Box. This is the brand new podcast all about women in sport. It's Becky Eyes with you and we're back with my next guest. To hang out, we're going to share some stories, offer help and advice to anyone thinking of wanting to get into working in sports. We're going to play a few games, you know, the ones that you know and love. And we're just going to find out how my guest has got to where they have today. And today's guest... I think you are going to be super interested in because I'm joined by the head of women's football at base soccer, Georgie Hodges here. Hi, everyone. Yay, <laughs> she is. How are you doing? You all right? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, well, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm super interested to talk to you. I think you're going to offer a whole different perspective from the previous guests that we've had because you were completely the other side of football. Um, so let's get into it. Let's break down exactly what your job is. So Base Soccer is who you work for and that is one of the biggest football agencies in the world, isn't it? Yeah, um, we like to think so. We've been going for a good 20 years and, and our chairman was one of the first ever registered agents in football. So in terms of learning from the best, all the agents who work for Base are in such a, an amazing position and for me coming into base when was it about five years ago um one of the main things for me was was learning from the best in in the in the industry and working with people who shared the same values and uh, respected the game in a way that probably quite a few don't Mm. particularly in men's football um so for me it was it was really partnering up with with an agency that instilled those values and meant that I could work in in the way that I wanted to moving forward so yeah base has been an unbelievable platform for me and also it's worth mentioning we were acquired by CAA which is um, creative artist agency who are probably renowned for being the biggest commercial agency in the world across music film tv and sports now having the support of the best in the business mm. um, has has been, you know, an unbelievable start um, from the acquisition. And your job is your head of women's football, which is a super exciting time to have that job title, it has to be said. But what exactly does that entail, head of women's football? So I manage everything on the pitch and off the pitch. So on the pitch would be club negotiations, contracts, contract negotiations, transfers, scouting, finding new players, signing new players um, to represent and then representing them. This sounds, I don't know how, like we always say, oh, there's not enough hours in the day. Literally that can't be truer for you. There's so many aspects to being 
not only a football agent, but also a head of a f- women's football, like a whole organization. So this is going to be awesome to get into this. But thank you for coming on. Now, the re- main reason why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place was because I get a lot of questions as a presenter just being like, oh, how do you do that? How do you work in sport? And I just thought, you know what? I want to, I mean, sort of expose for want of a better word, the opportunities for women that are now there in yep. sport and more specifically football, because that's the area that you and I work. But do you find being a female football agent, you are still in a minority? Definitely, yeah. Like you, I get asked a lot what I do. How can I get into it? Where did you start? I'm always wanting to answer those questions, but like you say at the start, it's a 24-7 job. Hmm. And there's so many people that, I've probably missed out on being able to tell them how how to get into it. So doing something like this is really important and I'm glad to help expose our jobs because there's not enough women working in sport um, and we need to educate people who A, want to get in sport, but B, educate and expose our job roles for those who don't even know that they exist. Right, and that's a really interesting point and we want to make it known that these jobs are accessible Mm -hmm. to everyday people. Yeah. Like you and I are no different from anybody else Uh that walks down the street. It's just, we found a way somehow to get to the jobs that we want to do. And as I say, there is so much opportunity. So let's start actually, let's talk about your journey into sports management. When did your love for sport and probably more specifically football start? Because you used to play, didn't you? Yeah, I played not at the level that I would have liked to. (laughs) Um, but I, I played football from a young age and I stopped when I was about 15 to the age of, well, till I went to uni. I moved schools and I went to a school where probably at the time they didn't necessarily agree with women playing contact sport. And there were members of staff that were really encouraging women to play football. So there were positives as well. But to be honest, I was at an age where I wasn't too fussed about playing. Mm-hmm. Um, annoyingly, looking back, I should have carried it on. But I I started playing again when I went to uni and really just fell back in love with the game. And I knew that I studied at Oxford Brookes University and it was a combined, a combined course of sports and coaching combined with media, communication and culture, which kind of worked out really well mm. um, and let that's me... a great combination yeah isn't and I, it? but when I did that course I still had no idea that this sort of uh, role was available in sport mm. I thought it would be I can either go present on tv or I can be a sports teacher like I, I felt very I felt like we were all quite narrow-minded in yeah. terms of the opportunities that were out there and I think it's really important that we let people know that there are jobs outside of being a sports teacher or outside the, the norm. Yeah, I think that's the thing. People exactly. have this perception of we must go into a normal job. It's like, yeah. what do you class as a normal job these days? Yeah. I think, yeah, if we can educate people into the wider perspective yeah. here of how many jobs there are available. And as you said, when you left university, you just were expecting to go into that. So how did yeah. you then manage to sort of not... I got a job outside of uni um, with a sports social network, which was a startup company. I guess the easiest way to describe it nowadays would be that it was the the social network for sports fans um, mm. to connect um, through sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a number of sporting ambassadors who would use the platform. And part of my role was to 
bring on new athletes to use the product and also endorse it. And we had a number of different athletes across the board from football to basketball in the NBA to to ice hockey to badminton to netball. And it was a really great starting point for me because it meant that I was exposed to not only athletes, but agents. Mm. And in order to speak to to athletes these days, you have to go through an agent. But for me, whenever it was coming up against a, a female athlete, there was no agent. And I couldn't quite work out why there was, it was so difficult to get hold of a male athlete, but I could get a, a number of a female athlete within 10 minutes. Interesting. It was so easy. And coming out of that job, I wanted to explore that and see if there was a way to to work within the women's football space, combining my love of of, of football um, and noticing that gap in the market. Um, that's the space that I wanted to go and to go and look into. So following following that job, um, I'd met quite a few connections in the agency world, and I shadowed a couple of agents for for year a year or so and learned the tricks of the trade and and how did you get to do that shadowing did you just ask did you send just emails ask. and ask just yeah. asked and that's just put yourself out that's there. how you have to do it if mm. you don't ask you do not get networking especially, as well isn't it? it's important 100 percent. especially in football you have to you spend your time networking and speaking to people you never know what opportunity is going to come of it be nice to everyone i, d- I don't think there's enough people who are nice in this game mm. and reputation is everything and as much as you're representing these footballers as well, they're representing you too. So it's really important that you associate yourself with with the right people in the game as well. Learning off a couple of agents in, in that year or so was really key to, to just learn the basics. And I started working in men's football because there was no one in women's football to, yep. to look it's the to. the only thing that was so available. So it was my only option. Um, but once I did that, I really started to think, okay... This is this is what I want to do. Um, I need to work for an agency because it wasn't something that I felt I could do on my own at that point. I worked part time for for the first few years, which I don't think many people know. I I got a job at Barclays in Canary Wharf and worked sort of in the marketing team. You know, I made sure I was in touch with the Barclays team who were working with the likes of women in football, and I've still got a great relationship with them. So it's it's. It's all worked out, but I did. When this pops up actually a little bit in terms of a recurring thing, you've just got to be open-minded enough to go and be like, okay, this isn't exactly doing what I want to do, but I can see that this could benefit me. And I'm going to take the time Uh to do this alongside something else. Yeah, well, ultimately we all need to make money. But then it got to a point where I was like, okay, this is really picking up now. I think the Euros were, were coming up the opportunities that were coming up for the players that I already represented were increasing. Um, the, the profile was just building and I thought, right, I need to go into this full time now because if I don't, someone else will. Yeah. And I want to be at the forefront of it. Um, I want to be the best at what I do. You know, I want to learn and uh, this was the time to do it. Mm. At that point, I went full time with base. This is the first time that Georgie sat down for more than 10 <laughs> minutes probably since that day. Um, did you feel though at that time you were taking a leap of faith or were you just so focused on being like, this is going to work? And as you said, I want to be the forefront of this. Yeah, no, I never I never questioned it because I knew it was always the plan. Mm. I would have loved to have done it full time from the start. So when did this role of head of women's football at base 
become a thing. I guess as, as I built the profile within the company and added new players to to the roster, I guess it just became clear that that was part of the company that I was going to help build and run. Yeah. And although it's still not as many of us on that side as there are on the men's side, the support that we've had um, internally has been unbelievable. And as the profile of women's football has grown, obviously the interest has grown so mm. much. So I'm constantly getting calls from colleagues saying, I've heard of this player here, I've heard of this player here. So everyone's always really keen to to get involved and help where possible. But I've, I've certainly tried to make sure that we work at the very top level. Mm. I don't want to be one of those agents that has 50 clients and isn't able to manage them all. Yeah, You want to make your players feel like they're the only client you have yeah and you've got time for them mm. a, a smaller roster is really important for me how proud are you to lead head of women's football mm-hmm. um very <laughs> yeah very i don't think about it too often to be honest just get on with it and do it it's a it's a passion it's a love i don't feel like it's a job mm. and i think i i count myself very lucky to be in that position but there's still so much to be done in the game and i hope to be one of um, the main drivers to get it to where it needs to be and there's a lot of people doing amazing things in women's football and it's just really important that everyone champions in e- champions each other and and really make sure that we go in the right direction um, and ed- educate people on these job roles because the more people that do what we do the the bigger better. The, the bigger and the better yeah absolutely um what is is there a typical day in the life of a football agent no. i guess no two <laughs> days are the same are they no no. And are you... Oh, well, I must say lockdown's been quite similar. Well, of course, yeah. So, I mean, we have had... I mean, in terms of 2020, when this year started yeah. out, I don't think anyone could have predicted yeah. the way that this all went. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I guess your phone is constantly 24-7. You need to be on call any time of the day or night, yeah. really, with your job. Exactly. exactly. I love that you're just like, yep, that's pretty much how it goes down. I don't even think about <laughs> it anymore. It, it's it's fine it it Mm. is what it is it's what you sign up to you know you're going to be doing that and but like i said if you love it it's it's not not, really a thing is it not really it doesn't bother me that much unless i'm mid movie on a sunday night and someone's (laughs) bugging me (laughs) georgie has put her phone on airplane mode to do this podcast (laughs) as well so we'll see how many messages she gets when she turns it back on um right throughout these podcasts georgie we have i decided to switch up the game minute we all love sports sport is very Mm -hmm. competitive so i've decided to play some games throughout this podcast and you will acquire a total at the end of this now who's leading at the minute ish isn't she oh i've got to beat her alicia yeah she's got alicia ferguson has got 27 points from jules breach who has 26 from phil neville who has 25 okay so those are the top three you're aiming for a total of 27 throughout this whole podcast um, it's just bragging rights you're playing for here. Okay. But as you said, it's, it's complete bragging rights. Complete bragging rights. Um, so look, this first game, um, I'm going to play you a YouTube clip. So what I've done, hopefully, is thought, I mean, outside the box, excuse, I know that's what the podcast is called, but, and I've put together like a little montage and I just want you to have a look at this video and tell me what are all the things in common in this video. Here we go. Nikita <laughs> Parrish, the top scorer in World Cup qualification for England, has done brilliantly there. Great ball into, and there's the opener. And wasn't it superbly? A lot of room to play it in behind. 
Oh, it's superb! Duggan with the corner, and arriving brilliantly with the finish! England get a third goal, it's Alex Greenwood! What a corner that was! Are they all my clients? Yes! <laughs> There we go. There we she go. got it. She got it. Happy days. Yes, they are all. <laughs> that your would clients. be worrying if I didn't get that. <laughs> it would. But yeah, now you represent some of the biggest and the best stars that we have in the women's super league. Yep. How's that? It's awesome. They're such a great bunch. I absolutely love working with them. As I said, it's so important to work and surround yourself with good people and. I can be happier with with the with the players that I work with. The feedback that we always get, especially when working on like commercial shoots or media days, whatever it may be, the feedback is always so positive mm. with with the women's players. The women understand their value and the role that they have to play within women's sport at the moment. It's such a huge talking point. There's so much opportunity for growth. And they they get that more than anyone. You know that whatever you throw their way, they're going to put 110% into. Um, and it just makes my life so much easier. So yeah, they're, they're a great bunch. They are. And I only played you literally four then. I think there was, who was there? Fran, Jordan Nobbs was in there. Tasha Harding was in there. Alex Greenwood. Yeah. I mean, if I'd have played anymore, we'd be here. <laughs> we'd be here for like hours. How do you split your time between everyone and everything? How do you... I suppose, prioritise your time mm-hmm. to fit their needs? It's a good question. I mean, there's very few days where everyone needs everything on the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, when that happens, it's quite stressful. I, I don't think I get stressed that easy, which certainly helps. I'm quite relaxed in my nature. If something if something's urgent, you get it done. Yeah. Uh, managing expectations is huge. That's a, one of the biggest things in, that I've learned. I've never liked to tell someone I could do something if I wasn't 100% sure yeah. I could do it. Yeah. So, you know, if a client needs something, but I'm in the middle of trying to get a transfer done that needs doing that day, I'll tell them and they'll respect that. And on the flip side of that, whilst you're scouting, mm-hmm. yes, ability is obviously up there as top priority yeah. for you, but is also personality completely up there. 100%. They go hand in hand. Completely. They've got to have the talent, obviously. Uh, like I said, want to work at the, the top level, but they've got to be good people. As much as I'm representing them, they're representing our brand. Yeah. You know, if you're not happy off the pitch, you're not going to perform well. So we've got to make sure that our clients are as happy and comfortable as possible. And, you know, part of the role of an agent is to make sure that all their needs are seen to off, off the field um, and they can just focus on everything football. You know, whether that be sorting their car insurance out to booking a flight or sorting their holiday out, whatever it may be, will help facilitate that just to make their lives easier and make sure that they can perform and do their day to day. But it's really important that you get on with them off the field because your teammates away from your family that they feel they can go to and just relax and and know that whatever you say is Mm. going nowhere. And you can get, it's nice to get a bit of advice from someone who isn't there all the time. Without a shadow of a doubt, I think everybody appreciates a person like that. On the flip side, rejection. I guess some people come to you, like, and it's, but it's a part of your job. Yeah. Like you can't take everybody on. It's yeah. physically impossible. As you said, you, you're already full. You keep a small number. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to sort of have to say to somebody, doesn't quite work right now? How do you frame that to somebody and how do you deal yeah, with that? Yeah, it, it's tough. I always, I'd never say no straight away. I always, if I can, meet with whoever it is who's maybe approached us. Mm-hmm. 
just to find out a bit more about them. I'm always up for offering help if I can as well. So if it's not someone I want to take on as a client, I'm always happy to help and advise. Obviously, if they want to go sign with someone else, cool. Yeah. Um, absolutely, you'd never hold hold anyone back. But it's it's tough. Uh, there's some um, amazing players out there who I've had conversations with, but they might just not fit. Just hasn't fit worked the mold for one at, reason for another. At, at yeah. that at that moment in time, and you know, you've got to think about a number of things. You don't want ten players in the same position because if they're all out of contract and you're looking for for clubs for them all, they're all going to be up against each other mm. under the same agent. It probably doesn't really work in their favour. So much goes into this yeah, that people this... just wouldn't even realise. Yeah. So much goes into this. It's mad, <laughs> but it's so interesting. Uh, you've touched on this a little bit. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Commercial deals. Yeah. You deal with commercial deals for the girls. How important is it that these commercial deals come to fruition mm-hmm. and they're growing, aren't they? The opportunities in these commercials yeah. for girls are growing. Absolutely. I think it's worth giving a shout out to Susie who works alongside me on the commercial side. Please do. She's awesome. Susie, big Susie up. Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Susie works on the commercial side and heads up women's sport at CAA. So we work alongside each other for everything women's football. And I think it's safe to say that we've almost had more commercial incomings for the women's side than we have from the men's side in the last year. That's a and sign that's, of where things are going. Yeah, it, it really is. And if it's not if it's not brands coming to us saying we want to use a female footballer, we're always having conversations to educate brands as to why they should use a women's footballer or just a female athlete in general. Now's the time to do it. They're not a tick box exercise anymore. They have a story to tell. And I think brands are now starting to recognise that they can use their brands to tell stories. stories through these amazing women. We've come a long way in actually quite a short space of time. Mm. And you can't rush these things. They have to be done, not slowly, but you've got to do it the right way and make sure things are do- done the right way. Otherwise we'll just crash. Yeah. And I actually think we've we've done such a great job of that in England. The WSL is now the most, in my opinion, and probably of a number of people now the most attractive and competitive league in the world and that would reflect with the signings that are now happening people like sam kerr exactly want to play in the exactly. wsl and now do exactly there's no bigger compliment than that they're attracting top players and we've now got the americans coming over mm. it's it's just unbelievable and bringing those big names in is only gonna benefit the profile of the game also i feel for the first time properly i'm gonna say and mm. um, the women's world cup in france last year was the first time I felt the public yeah. were on board with this. It, it was incredible. felt like Men's World Cup. Uh-huh. People were wearing the shirts. And like France obviously was in such close proximity. I yeah. felt like a lot of people went yeah. and actually made an effort and people spoke about it on the tube and on the streets and out and about. 
the pubs were like, full in England. Yeah, like what was going <laughs> on with that? Like people were hanging flags out the window and you yeah. just think, I feel like that is the first time that people were actually like, okay, women's football, we're going to get behind this. Come on the girls. Yeah. Which was amazing. And if that's where we are in 2019, mm-hmm. think about where it's going to go. And the next few years are huge. We've got the Olympics, then the Euro straight after, and then the World Cup again straight yeah. after that. So the next few years are huge. If we've seen what happened last year from the World Cup, we've got a wave of that for the next three or four years. And that's really exciting for for someone in my position mm. because there is so much opportunity ahead for a brand. I think that's really attractive. You can sign a three-year deal and cover three major tournaments and think of the exposure that's going to give to your brand. It's exciting. So exciting. When you, when you frame it like that, yeah. it's just like... I'm like, great, how do I sign up to be an agent? I want to join you. This is brilliant. Um, so you work in the commercial side, she said, um, but also you deal with transfers. Yes. And transfer windows Yay. and all the fun things like that. Um, what is it? What is it like working a transfer window? Is it, you know, like last minute dash signings here and you're flying it when you can, yeah. flying in and out to various places? How do they sort of operate? Do you deal with the club? Do you deal with the player? Is it a group effort? Everyone. Okay. Absolutely everyone. It's a really exciting, strange whirlwind of a few months, really. Um, I don't think people necessarily know how much work goes in before the transfer window as well. Mm. Because essentially you're lining up deals to take place as soon as the window opens. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of work that goes in before in the in the months coming up to to a window. Um, yeah, it's just always a really busy time. I mean, you're never really going to have all your players to move in one window. That would be quite stressful. Even for you, who's literally the most laid back yeah, person. I think that would stress me out. Um, <laughs> but actually talking about this year in particular, it's been far busier than I probably anticipated. I wasn't sure how much was going to get done um, mm. or whether... You know, clubs were just going to try and retain all the players that they had just to, for security. Yeah. But actually, there's been so much movement. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been really exciting. I'm still working on a few and hopefully they'll get done over the next couple of weeks. You have so many, like, it's like juggling balls in the air. You just yeah. have them all going at the same time, isn't it? When yeah. one lands, you'll deal with that one and then the next. Uh-huh. Um, being a football agent, what is the biggest misconception about your job? You could probably answer that. <laughs> <laughs> So for me, being a TV presenter, I know people are like, oh, you just rock up and eat, read an auto cue and go home. It's so easy. And I'm yeah. like, honey, you have no idea what is going on. Exactly. Like, the prep I do beforehand, the chat that goes on in my ear, the knowledge that I have instilled in myself to be able oh, to do yeah. that. And half the time I'm like, I'm not even reading an auto cue. What or what misconception perhaps could you squash about being a football agent? It's 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 funny, isn't it? People think that, agents are money grabbers they're not very nice people Mm. they don't have the players interests at heart they're only in it for themselves in it for themselves they're selfish you know you hear all sorts all they do is just go to football matches and get a big paycheck yeah you know and well from my side it could be further further away from the truth Yeah. yeah i'm not i don't do this job for a massive paycheck and I know that probably sounds hugely controversial but I really want to build the profile of the game and I think we need agents to help drive that forward Mm. and do it in the right way do it in the respectful way 
work with clubs, understand budgets, uh, be respectful of budgets because clubs are in different positions. But we do also need to bridge the gap and the disparity across the league, which is still quite big. You know, the top clubs are paying their top players a decent salary now. But then you've got the top players at the bottom end of the tier getting paid you know next to nothing compared and it's that that's the gap that we want to we want to close and have you noticed within the people that you come across that you're coming across more females working in those positions over the years or do you still feel it's slightly lacking yeah I do think it's slightly lacking um there's only a couple of I've really come across who are who are doing brilliant jobs Mm. but there's not enough of us doing it and that's the thing I'm just gonna put out there half the females working they're surpassing their male counterparts because I'm sorry, I really believe that females work so hard. And I'm absolutely not saying that the male side don't, of yeah. course people do. But I just think because females every day have to face, especially in the football world, mm-hmm. the perception of, well, you're not going to be as good as the man. Like yeah. you're just not, you know, like, because that's what everyone says to me. Why don't you work in men's football? You could earn so much more money. And I'm like, it's not about it's that. It's not about that. I that's don't want to work in it. You know, it's it's a funny old world. I know, you're like, <laughs> I did work in it and I left because the women are better. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's move on to game number two. Okay, so you did well in that first one. You're on five points off the leaderboard. Um, this one is called The Wrong Answer Is Right. It's basically, I stuck this in there because this is how I justify these games. <laughs> Quick thinking, adapting to your situation. These are the type of things that you have to do every day. But also sometimes you are just playing winging it. Like okay. we all are. All you have to do to gain a point is give me an incorrect answer. Mm-hmm. They're all sports related, just an incorrect answer. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Okay, we're going to do 45 seconds on the clock. Here we go. In three, two, one. Name a team in the WSL. Charlton. Who is the men's Liverpool manager? Jose Mourinho. Which sport uses costumes, trunks, caps and goggles? Badminton. Which sport is played at Twickenham? Golf. Who are the Lionesses? Um, Lions. How many goals are there in a hat-trick? Four. What does VAR stand for? Um, oh. (laughs) Video... Incorrect answer. Oh. We'll move on to the next yeah. one. Uh, in which city is Stamford Bridge? Liverpool. In what sport did Gary Lineker compete in? Swimming. Name a racket sport. Golf. How <laughs> many players are in? Oh, we are up. VAR threw you, didn't oh, it? really threw me. I was trying to, I was going video. But, but, oh. It's hard to think of another word yeah. like that begin with VAR. I have to say... You are definitely the coolest under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, I feel like you barely broke a sweat there. Whereas other people were like, <laughs> and you're just so... It's good to know. Honestly, cool under pressure. How many did we end up there? Nine. That's pretty, that's a good score. That's a solid. Awesome. Solid score is that. We'll add it to five. Right. What words of advice can you offer to others and i appreciate this is quite an open and a broad question yeah but who want to work in the field who want to get into it gosh i mean first and foremost hopefully this has given people a bit of an insight into what i do and it is so much fun i absolutely love it sometimes i describe as almost you do everything except for play yeah. you get to enjoy that all the you know the perks and and helping facilitate those those commercial deals or a transfer is is so satisfying and being able to put someone's 
you know a smile on someone's face at the end of it is is amazing and that's that's why I do it but in terms of being able to get to that position you've got to you've got to want to do it because it is a 24/7 job it, it definitely consumes you at times and it can be stressful as much as I'm saying mm-hmm. it isn't it, it definitely if you're a stressful person it probably it could, can be, it could yeah. stress just stress you out um but hard work and I know it's a cliche but just utilizing the contacts and making sure you want to learn it's actually a really hard question mm. because you were saying you touched earlier that you started out shadowing yeah now I mean I'm absolutely not suggesting if you're listening to this you flood Georgie's inbox at all <laughs> but <Please> does <laughs> do, do companies like base or yourself if yeah. people like contact you individually and show willing and have not proof but you know have this determination that they really want to get into this do agencies allow people in for a day to have a look behind the scenes is that a common thing is it not probably more for like independent agents Mm -hmm. it's it's quite because it's such a full-time job as much as i'd love for someone to come and shadow me it'd almost be really difficult to do Mm. unless i have because you know saying every day is different I'd have to find a day where I know that I'm doing a few different things for them to actually get some experience. Yeah. Because um, I, I wouldn't say sitting and listening to me on a phone all day would be particularly interesting. Yeah, it's it's a funny one. I'm I'm always open to giving people opportunities. It's just finding the time. The time to do that. And, and that's the reality. That's the reality of it. That's, you know, if that's what I'm saying, if you want to do it, you have to really want to go after it because it's really hard to get in front of people and pitch yourself and say this this is why I want to do it because there's so many people who want to do it because they love football but in reality do they know what it instills how much time it's gonna consume and I think that's a really good point you make there these jobs yes we all love football Mm -hmm. but we all love more than football Mm -hmm. if we didn't just turn up one day and go oh yeah I really want to work in football because I love it but I watch the telly every weekend no I love it yeah there's got to be (laughs) can you imagine well my my boss I remember when I first sat down with him and he said to me are you sure you this is what you want to do and I was like is that a trick question like yeah I'm I'm sure and he was like because this is gonna if you want this it's hard work and if you want to be good at it it's really hard work and I was like, yeah, come on, let's do it. Mm. Bring it on. That didn't scare you at all? No, because I wanted it. Yeah. But I was confused why he asked me, but he was asking me because he was saying, this is going to be full on. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's you've got to be realistic if you want to come and do this job because it, it takes a lot. That's good. You've known some really good sort of character traits there. You need to be realistic. You need to be committed. You need to be determined. Yeah. You need to have the balls to put yourself out there to people and just be like, hey, I'm here and this is what I want to do. And also I think just keep going, isn't it? Just yeah. keep going and going and going. Uh-huh. Because I feel like everybody within our industry, like you say, you always want to help people. Yeah. Everybody in our industry, I feel, is so friendly and everybody wants people to yeah. do well and be good. Uh-huh. So I don't want people to look at it as like a closed door. It's not. It's just about finding the opportunity. And keeping going because there are people out there who will try and stop you. Hmm. That There's no illusion around that. There will be people who will try and put a spanner in the works and throw you off guard and make you question whether it's something you want to do. But ultimately, if you want it, you've got to push past that and... And they only do that because that it makes them nervous. It's something they would never do. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Where do you think, you touched on it earlier and you said the next three years are super exciting. Yeah. 
Where do you think this could go in the future? All the way. How far? I think it's a really difficult question. I think ultimately we just need to keep building the profile and Mm. I'll be satisfied when these girls are household names. And I think we're we're very much on the you know when it's a when it's a World Cup or there's a tournament on you could say Steph Houghton in someone's living room and they will know who she is yeah. and that's amazing mm. but we need to make sure that that's an everyday occurrence and that's only going to happen through media exposure marketing getting more of these commercial deals and the the big brands involved and just keep pushing keep pushing and, and the, the clubs play a huge role in that mm. as well I always think. The FA Cup final is always a great example of how marketing can drive people into a stadium. And if the FA are doing that for competitions like the FA Cup or the the sellout crowd at Wembley in um, November, I think it was, against Germany, mm. if they can do that for on an international scale, we can do that on the club scale. We just need to invest in it. If you put a bit of money behind some marketing and telling people that there's a game on, people will turn up. It really is as simple as that. When you put it, it as simple as that, it's like how is I know this... that there's a lot of work. That goes yeah, into no, of course, that, of course. But you know, just proof in like proof's in the pudding. Yeah, exactly. Proof is in the pudding. Right, this is our last game. This is your last opportunity to make up those extra points. Uh-huh. Um, how many am I on? Um, what are we on? Five and nine. You're on fourteen. 14. Okay, so. It's doable. Okay. It is doable. The quiz is called How Well Do You Know Yourself? Yeah. So I've had a really good social media stalk of you, Georgie. I'm not even going to lie about it. (laughs) (laughs) So all these answers are actually all over your Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Um, So we're going to do 45 seconds on the clock. Here we go. In three, two, one. You just completed a transfer deal for who to join Leon the upcoming season? Jodie Taylor. In 2019, which company that you worked with announced their lead partnership with women in football? Barclays. Also in 2019, how many of Base Soccer's clients made the squad for the 2019 Women's World Cup? Three. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, in what year did you join Base Soccer? Uh... 2015. Way back when, in 2015, yourself and Frank Kirby filmed Soccer AM at Sky Studios. Which ex-Premier League footballer did you meet and take a photo with that day? God, you can do this. Premier League footballer? Carlo Cudicini. Yes, well done. This is fun. The time's up, but we're just going to carry on. There's only a couple left. In 2016, you went to see which male pop star perform with the O2 that Alex Greenwood <laughs> commented on saying she was very jealous of Justin you. Justin Bieber. Yes, you were. In 2018, which team created a women's team for the first time in Manchester history? Manchester United. Correct. In 2019, you went to an NFL game at Wembley Stadium, but which NFL side jersey were you wearing for a pitch, uh, for a photo pitch side? It was blue. And Me? Yeah. I went to an effort. Did I? Or maybe it was to Carly Telford that went. Carly. Carly. Uh, dolphins. Ooh, so close. Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> it wasn't me. And uh, no, I, I said that wrong. That was my bad. You can have a point. That was my error. And finally, which member of the royal family did Frank Kirby work Prince with? Prince William. Yes. Impressive. How many points, Adam? Thirteen. Oh, I still don't. Did she of- smash it? You and Aisha both on 27. Oh, we have joint gosh. top scorers cool at this moment in time. Yeah, I'm you cool good with that. that? Yeah. Can you work with that? 
We'll have to do a, a final round. I know, I feel like there have to be a sudden death, maybe away from the podcast, mm-hmm. maybe in a bar somewhere. That sounds delightful, <laughs> after the transfer window. Exactly, yes, <laughs> once you can chill out a little bit. Hey, listen, Georgie, this has been awesome today. I want to finish with one final... Um, this is just, I'm going to start a sentence and you can finish it. If you need a minute to think about it, that's absolutely fine. Um, you can answer it in as many words as you want. No right or wrong answer. I'm just going to say women in sport are the power and inspiration of the next generation. That's inspiring in itself. I just literally got goosebumps <laughs> from you saying that. I don't know if it's your like your calming voice as well. But I just was like, oh, wow. I could do one of those. Um, what are they called when you when people read bedtime stories? Yeah, and they're doing that whispering thing. Chills people out. Wow, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Listen, Georgie, thank you so much. You have been Pleasure. awesome. So insightful. As I say, hopefully this inspires other people to get on the career path. Because the opportunities for women in sport are there. We just need people to realise it and come join us. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for for having me. No, for the time. Thank you, Georgie Hodge. Thank you so much for listening to Outside the Box with me, Becky Ives. Make sure you subscribe, share far and wide, and please feel free to leave me a review. Let's keep this conversation going though on social media. Just use the hashtag Outside the Box Pod. Next up, we'll be speaking to Premier League match official, Sean Massielis. But in the meantime, do feel free to get in touch with any comments, questions, anything that I can help you with. You can drop me a shout anytime at Becky underscore Ives underscore on Twitter or at Becky Ives official on Instagram. Thank you so much and I'll catch you next time. Oh,